faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told. The Friday Reporter podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more. Well, hello, and thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Friday Reporter podcast. I'm so lucky in this town to have friends like my friend who's joined me today. Shelly Himes has now 25 amazing episodes with her own beautiful podcast called Lunch with Shelly, which in hindsight is way more fun than sitting in my spare bedroom. Uh, But COVID was COVID, right? And you seized on the opportunity once we could finally leave the house and started this beautiful podcast program that I am just loving. And you've got so many good conversations. Shelly, thanks for being with me. It is so my pleasure and my honor. Thank you for having me. Well, of course. And I love that you and I, this town is so full of, we were just saying conversations and meals together. And that's how we network. That's how we do our business. That's how we share clients. Tell me a little bit about, before we get to lunch with Shelly, tell me a little bit about your background and how you got to Washington, D.C. Ooh, I came to Washington, D.C. with a bunch of girlfriends from my hometown, actually, which is Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. But um, I was a poli-sci major, and uh, I happened to come to D.C. for that reason and for PR. And my girlfriends, just because it was a city rather close to Wilkes-Barre, everybody was going either to D.C. or Manhattan. And so anyway, um, I got here, and I fell in love with the city, and I've been here ever since. Oh, that's so awesome. So tell me, so you and I came to know each other when we were working in the Bush administration, like what Correct. feels like a lifetime ago, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but you obviously had done some really amazing things even before that. So talk to me a little bit about, um, about your pathway, about your career path here in town. Well, it was so fantastic. I started at a PR firm called Carmen, Carmen and Hugel, which mm. is now the Carmen group. And my very dear friend, David Carmen runs it. And um, that was what I wanted initially to do was PR, some mix of PR and politics. And uh, it happened to be a political year. And I volunteered for the H.W. Bush administration. So I'm completely aging myself. But um, we're all ageless. We're all ageless here, show. So don't worry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when he won, I was so excited because uh, I got a job in that administration and I started working for Jack Kemp, who I had learned about in college because uh, one of my teachers was teaching us about Enterprise Zone. And uh, myself and two other buddies thought Enterprise Zones was a fantastic idea. And the teacher was rather liberal and thought it was a horrible idea. And we took the B knowing that we'd get a B by defending Enterprise Zones. And so, you know, two years later, I came to Washington. I actually got to work for Jack Kemp. And that was amazing. And he was still promoting Enterprise Zones as he did until the day he died. So anyway, I was in that administration uh, working for Jack and HUD and Michael Boskin at the Council of Economic Advisors, which was housed in the old executive office building, which was amazing. So by the time I was 24 or 25, I had worked in one of the more hideous buildings, yeah. <laughs> which is HUD, <laughs> and also, uh, you know, the White House, the old executive office building. That was amazing. And then um, uh, he lost his second uh, term, HW, mm-hmm. and I did a bunch of stuff back in PR. And then I worked for Senator Connie Mack from Florida, 
at the Joint Economic Committee. And um, I ended up being the executive director of the Joint Economic Committee. And I worked with Connie for six years, which was amazing. And then he retired and then George W. ran and I went back into the administration and I worked for Elaine Chow at the Department of Labor. And it was all so amazing and I did a mixture of policy and PR. But after a while, and this was after 9-11 and after anthrax and all of that stuff, I thought, I think I need to be in the private sector. I spent so much time talking about what small business owners thought and what small business owners wanted. And I thought, my goodness, my goodness, I should, you know, really uh, figure that out myself or try it out myself. My father is an entrepreneur. Right. So um, I went to Burson Marsteller and I liked that very much. And then I started my own company really rather early days comparatively. Mm. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects. Tell me a little bit about that business. Is this Angel Angel Enterprises? Enterprises? Yeah, tell me a little bit about Angel Enterprises and the work you do there. Angel is a a public relations and special events firm, and uh, we do a little bit of everything. And really, I think what Angel does best, particularly lately, is we do special projects. So if someone has something like a, a wish list that they want to take care of, some sort of a campaign or something that's not fundamental to what they're doing every day, but something special, like a, a gala or a project or a campaign or an institute, something like that, that's where Angel really shines because we can take it over, we can manage it, we can do the public relations for it, we can do the events for it, we can do a whole plethora of whatever is needed uh, to make that successful. I love that. How did you come up with the name? Uh, it's my nickname for my son. Okay. <laughs> and I I, I, feel I always yeah. ask because like it is, it always, to me, it feels like a lot of the names and a lot of the things that are Washington, D.C. is full of small entrepreneurs like ourselves who are doing right. those kinds of things. And they all have sort of a connection or a tie back to either where you've come from or your, right. your people in your in your little orbit. So that's so cool. Exactly. Well, truthfully, it is the nickname of my son. And it was born in a bar with a girlfriend who has a great head on her shoulders. <laughs> and I didn't want to call it Shelly Incorporated. I didn't want to call it Sam Incorporated. But the logo is the Angel Gabriel, and it is a nod to angels. And um, I thought that that would be lucky, plus I believe in angels. Uh, but everybody had a different opinion on the name, particularly at that time. Mm-hmm. I think the funniest was my father's who said, well, when you go into an office, at least it'll be on the top of the directory because it'll be under A. 
(laughs) (laughs) Said another another entrepreneur, right? Only entrepreneurs think that way. That's amazing. And because so much of what we do here is sort of is connected, interconnected. I love that you took that great experience that you had with with Jack Kemp and with um, all of that experience from government and then translated into this beautiful business that you now have. But you and I both also share a love for great food in this town. And so I love that you have turned (laughs) conversations with amazing people from all different parts of Washington, D.C. into this great, cool podcast that you have 25 episodes in. You've had journalists, you've had elected officials, you've had uh, just people that are like influencing specific areas. Tell me a little bit about how you arrive at the different uh, guests that you bring on the show. Well, first of all, thank you so much for saying that. And you are going to be my guest this week. So you are absolutely included in the terribly impressive and important people that I've had the good fortune to have on. But um, it started this whole notion of lunch and talking to people and the appreciation that I have of lunch, aside from the fact that I wanted to do something pro-small business, particularly post-COVID, was um, the notion of it was also born out of this uh, fantastic opportunity that I've had. I have a great girlfriend, and I have with her once a week for 22 years like a religion. Wow. And, and I just became and, – and so that was once a week for 22 years, and then I just loved meeting people for lunch and you and I were probably downtown for so much of our experiences that lunch was really easy to do. And, you know, you'd meet somebody on the corner and I just think it's a very important time. It's a really special time. Uh, and it's a great networking experience. And also in different iterations, I was single. So it's also, I mean, it's just good in in a 360 degree way for meeting people in totem, um, strengthening your relationships, creating new relationships. So my first guest was the girl I had lunch with for so long, but but and then afterwards it was a smorgasbord of people because I wanted to have people on the program that I didn't really know, that I wanted to know. Like I had a girlfriend on who I had met at Pilates and I kept running into her and she seemed really cool. And then she came on the podcast and she actually was super cool and has this travel blog. And I love it. That was really fun. And, and um, we had so much in common that we just, you know, we discovered on the podcast. Uh, You're right. I've had fantastic journalists. I um, checked out a townhouse recently for an event that Angel was doing. And the person who showed me around the townhouse was Mike, Michael Petricone, who uh, is the EVP of the Consumer Tech Association. Oh, cool. And I was just like, Michael, do you want to be on my podcast? And he said, sure. And we had the most incredible conversation about AI and the Grateful Dead and I being Italian and birds. I mean, it was just this really random conversation. So the choices have been sometimes more thoughtful than others, uh-huh. but everybody's interesting. I love that too, because it is, number one, it's what all your friends say about you is that you're probably one of the best network people in this town because you have so many friends. This is a friend making business as much as everybody seems to think that Washington is a bunch of, you know, fist punch throwers, if you will. Um, but But there is a lot, there's so much networking that goes on and you're so right. Especially if you have little ones at home, which you and I now don't anymore, but did at one point lunch was the easiest thing to do. Breakfast was hard because it was drop off. Drinks would have been great, but you had to go to pick up. So in between this moment 
there you could go and have like an hour, an hour and a half to visit and get to know people or like hear about what's happening in their job. And how do I parlay that into something that maybe I could be useful for? Or how do I make a connection for this friend who's looking for another job? Like so much of that happens at lunch. And that's, I mean, that's exactly what you have really built here, which is amazing. And it's fun. It's so fun to listen to. Thank you so much. And, you know, you're a thousand percent right, because the only thing I would add is even walking into lunch, you uh-huh. run into people yeah. or there are people at the table next to you that you didn't even realize. I mean, there are so many uses for lunch and you also hit the nail on the head because you're right in different iterations of life. It's much easier to do lunch than with children breakfast which is a killer. And you know, everything, <laughs> there was never a breakfast. I was already so tired. I was like, no way. Plus the DC traffic was a thing too, but horrible, horrible. Yeah. So it's been really fun, but you had asked me, I think uh, prior to the program, how I did the podcast or why I started the podcast. Yeah. And actually I was going to do a book instead. And oh. at first, and I was going to use our mutual friend, Jean, as uh, not a ghostwriter, but certainly a consultant on the project. And it became so overwhelming that ironically, I thought podcasting would be easier. So I don't know if you'd like to comment on that, Lisa, but as it turns out, it has not been easier. It's definitely more fun and more personal, but not easier. It's not. I wouldn't say it's easier. I also would like to write a book. It has nothing to do with politics at all. Um, my family has heard now I have two different ideas for books at some point. Uh, okay. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, but it, it seems daunting. I've had a lot of yeah. people on my show, as I'm sure that many of your guests have too, that have written these books. And it is like, it is a labor of love. But you could also turn every episode that you've had because my little, my, this is a snack size podcast, I like to call it because we're about 25 <laughs> to 30 minutes. Uh, you can have your coffee or you can have a little, you know, a little tea or whatever. Uh, and then we're done after about 25, 30 minutes. And yours is really more of a, a little bit longer form, which yeah. you could really turn into a chat. Each one of those conversations could be a chapter in a book someday. Well, and that's, I mean, it's interesting Washington is a town, you know this, people love to know more about other people and there's not enough time. So listening into the lunch with Shelly, I get caught up on, you know, what's going on with, with Howard Mortman at C-SPAN. What does Howard care about? Okay, cool. I've had him as a guest, but I only had him for like a moment in time. And so it's cool the way you've done that. I love it. And I continue to look for who your guests are because I'm like, oh, that would be a great guest. Or or it leads me to some other creative thoughts about, oh, I wouldn't have that person, but maybe this. So it's really cool to me to know that I've got another friend out here that's doing a similar kind of project, different, but similar in that we're in the Washington networking space. And we're also giving people access to something you and I both know and love quite a bit, which is the networking thing. Hi, my name is Joe Grogan. And I'm Eric Ulan for DCEKG. DCEKG is all about the how and why of Washington, D.C., what's going on, what's going on behind the headlines. We spend a lot of time talking about health care and economic policy, but frequently delve into trade policy and sometimes national security or whatever's happening on Capitol Hill. Between Joe and I, we have nearly five decades of Washington experience. We put that to work with our guests to explain to you what's going on in Washington. I always found myself calling Eric when I didn't understand what was happening and always found him to be really good at explaining to me some of the things that I wasn't seeing. And I hope our guests will get the same type of insights. 
And I always found myself talking to Joe when I couldn't believe what I was seeing happening to understand exactly how the heck we got to where we were. Tune in to DCEKG anywhere podcasts or YouTubes are available. You won't regret it. Right, and talking to each other. You're you're being so terrifically kind. I would only add that um, the notion of my podcast is less, I wouldn't say it's less formal, but you have such a great gig going because you talk to reporters. It's very specific. You get great information from them, and you're right. You're in and you're out, and mine is a little bit more meandering, but somewhat purposefully because I wanted it to be Seinfeldian, as in <laughs> I kind of wanted it to be about nothing. I love that, and though. Originally, when I was going to do a book, it was going to be also Seinfeldian, like Kramer was going to do the coffee table book, and it was going to be a coffee table. And my book was going to be a book about lunch and turn it into a lunch tray. So uh, Seinfeld has played a great role in this. I should someday maybe I'll have Jerry Seinfeld on. That's my girl. Of the day. He would be amazing to have. Right. I know. Well, we all have to have. And remarkably, you say that now and you put it out into the universe. And exactly knows one guest one of these days is going to have a connection and that's going to happen. But the other <laughs> the other thing, too. Uh, that I love is that you also, because of the the lunch piece of this, you're also har- highlighting these remarkable and amazing restaurants here in Washington, D.C. Right. Yeah. And you're so good about that. Like we met, obviously, for a, a preview conversation, mostly just because we hadn't seen each other. And then we right. were like, why don't you do my show? And you do my show. Um, but now you have a, a little bit of a, a, a month long or maybe longer than that, you have like a, a relationship with one of the restaurants who's actually going to benefit, it seems like, for even more opportunity to get the word out about them and the beautiful food that they make. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, that's in the works, but um, what we really, we have about nine or 10 restaurants that we're working with currently. Okay. And everybody has been absolutely fantastic to us. And there's a restaurant that we go to very frequently, and that restaurant is hopefully going to open a new restaurant. But I'm just being on the QT now. It's too early to Uh, tell. I will tell your listeners the next time. But (laughs) um, yes, that's actually something that we'll we'll, um, talk about later this week uh, when I see you. And hopefully that'll be something we'll do in September. But the small business aspect of lunch, and you and I have had this conversation, but we're in this still crazy post-COVID world. Yes. And a lot of people aren't going to lunch and a lot of people aren't going downtown and everything that you and I described about having kids and how much easier it was to go to lunch is not entirely true anymore because people are working from home. And so now lunch is sort of something that you either plan Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, if your bosses are making you go in, if you have a boss, or you have to feel like you want to get dressed or you're going to different places that are closer to your home. So I really want to be, you know, the uh, cheerleader for just lunch in totem. So we are definitely hoping to help a restaurant open a new restaurant. And we're also interested in uh, just expanding our repertoire and promoting everybody that is hoping to have a bigger lunch crowd. I love that. I love that. And that's something that's really, that's a big initiative. I mean, it's, it's everywhere in all the different cities. So it's cool that you're doing that here in Washington, DC. Yeah. what do you think is the most fun part of the project? The people. Yeah. For sure. 
And well, actually, absolutely, the people and and truthfully, some of them, most of them have been dear friends. One of them was my son, and another person was my father. So absolutely, you know, family members, my favorite people in the world, and people I'm still getting to know better. But I love each and every person I've had on, and I love that uh, even though I do start to have more questions in mind as I get to become a better host, uh, I love that the conversation meanders and sometimes. We just have, and my producer, Claude, and I feel the same way. We have no idea where the conversation is going to end up. And we've had some really interesting uh, moments where we're like, gosh, do you want us to edit that out? And people are like, no, no, that's fine. But <laughs> like you said, wait, one, of our, one of our friends talking about how, because she travels so much, she's like buying, she has to buy like undergarments, like in the airport on At her way airport, to the next thing. <laughs> I know. And another girlfriend of mine who's a, a friend, but not a terrific friend, told this crazy story about going somewhere and she thought she was going to meet her relatives. And then she took a 23andMe test and found out like four hours before she was getting on a plane that they weren't actually relatives and that wasn't actually her father no way yeah oh that's and we were wild. at this restaurant during lunch and we were like what i mean it was crazy that's the I coolest know. the coolest part about some of those things and and i'll tell you the story now one of the one of my book ideas is about a long lost cousin that I found through ancestry. Wow! I knew she Wait, was out you there. Actually, did this is a true story. This is a true story. I mean, I would tell it as a fiction story, but I am going to write the story because ever. And I'll tell you that maybe I'll I'll hold it for Friday when I tell you the yeah. story. But yeah. But we had I had a cousin that I knew was out there, and I had no idea until I had done ancestry, and they reached out, and sure enough, anyway, it's a great story. Are you? Do you look similar? I think we have some similar features. Yeah. Um, And she's become like a dear loved friend as if we've known each other our whole life because we check in and and she's connected with the whole family. But for, I mean, over 40 years of her life, she had no idea at all where her people were. And then I, and then I, my mother-in-law gave me ancestry for my, uh, for Christmas, like maybe five or six years ago now. I can't believe time is flying. Um, and sure enough, a couple of weeks later, after I'd done my test, I got this note from this woman. Anyway, I'll save all the details for lunch. I, but it I is think that's such, such a fantastic story. And when I tell people the story, because it's such a good positive story, because it's like this cousin, this long lost cousin that looked for years for her family and had no leads, found wow. us and like, and also then, by the way, found the other side of her family too, subsequently, and now has, knows where all her people are. And it's kind of a neat, I don't know, it's a beautiful story, but yes. The ancestry thing is neato to me. Um, as much as people sort of worry about the all of the other implications of it, I do think yeah. that if an- if ancestry is headed where I think they're headed, I suspect that they'll probably be turning themselves into a streaming content creator because there are so many stories like that about people that have found people or found uh, out some uncool things, right? Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> it gives me agita, but just also just uh, don't forget you have to bring a picture. I'm going to post a picture of her. It's a a woman. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to talk to her yeah. later today. I, I will. Pictures. I will. Okay. I will. I have a picture of the two of us together. In fact, with my sister too. So the three of us. Okay. Um, all right. So as I talk about content, what kinds of things <laughs> when you're not doing this amazing podcast and you're not having great conversations and great lunches, what other things are, what keeps you busy? Like, are you, do you have any great books that you've read or any seats? Like is, is what's the, what's the other content that, that fuels your creative side? Oh, well, I don't know if it fuels, but probably the thing that fuels my creative side, in addition to what you've mentioned, which you've been very excited about, 
is I super love to walk in the woods with my dog. Okay. So I, that like really helps me. And I either listen to other podcasts like yours. I listen to smart list. I listen to grow the show. I listen to a bunch of podcasts. Me too. And I also listen to a lot of music. So walking in the woods is probably one of my favorite things. I love Pilates. I love my Peloton. (laughs) <laughs> um, I love, I also love happy hour. I don't issue happy hour at dinner. So I love all of that. And, um, because you had asked previously, my husband and I do watch a, a good deal of TV cause we can, and yeah. we've just been around quite a bit. So, um, we finished justified, oh, which was really good. I heard that was really you good. That? No, not it's yet. It's really good. Um, and because I am me, which I suppose is a, long way of saying a woman of a certain age I just have been caught up with and just like that mm-hmm. have you seen it no well it's you know the new sex in the city is the, oh the yes uh-huh like yeah that. so are you not watching it I haven't watched it yet it's like this? one of my one it's on my list like I have a, I'm keeping a list of all the things people are telling me are great okay well the last thing I'll tell you on the list is the lioness there are only three episodes and I'm two in but that was very good but in just like that, or the new Sex in the City, or whatever you want to call it, it's really very interesting. So we should also have a conversation about this maybe on my podcast, because it is updated. And the word that comes to mind is racier, but that's not exactly the right word. It's just much more explicit in a lot of different directions oh. than I remember it being. Mm-hmm. And it's getting mixed reviews, but I personally really like it. And it's food for thought. And it's actually gotten me psyched because the outfits are still fantastic. And so now <laughs> I feel like I need to up my game when I go to lunch because yeah. I've been sort of phoning it in, you know, like you and I are both khaki pants, white blouse. Yeah, you know, blazer kind Easy. of people. Yeah, exactly. Like a uniform, a good uniform. But anyway, now I'm I'm um, trying to up my game even more. All of I'm those, getting, like, all of the, that shirt. whole series when that was in, it really like drove fashion. And now we've yep. all sort of fallen out of fashion a little bit because Precisely. we're all home. Um, well, it's post COVID. It's still totally, COVID. Totally. And so I'm I'm taking out my heels again. Good. Good. Yeah. I'm ready to wear cute <laughs> shoes. I'm ready to wear a great bag. Like I'm for exactly. all of that. Um, exactly. Cause it makes you feel great. Like there's, there's so many people that I follow too, that like say, just get up and get dressed, like get up, get a shower, get dressed, get going. And that's exactly. Right. And you've, you've obviously reinvigorated that with this beautiful podcast that you have built. Um, so as we get to the end of our conversation, which I can't believe, see, this is what happens with you when you have I a snack size podcast. I forever. Right? I'd be so, much more upset if I wasn't going <laughs> to see you soon. Well, we're going to do this again Friday and I'll bring some fresh stories. Um, as we get to the end of our conversation, is there someone you could recommend for a future episode of the podcast? Yes, you know, and I just spoke with her and she doesn't know that I'm going to recommend her, but her name is Janet Donovan and we reconnected literally yesterday. She um, and I used to have lunch a lot at Cafe Milano and um, she now doesn't do lunch, which is bumming me out, but she does do drinks. But she uh, um, owns Hollywood on the Potomac, which is a great site, newsletter. Uh, it, it comes in different formats. She writes a lot for the Washington Life and maybe a little bit for Washingtonian, but Hollywood on the Potomac was uh, formed to highlight the nexus between Hollywood and Washington, which I know you intimately get and also yeah. dig like I do. Yeah. And so 
there isn't as much Hollywood coming as one would have hoped there, you know, it ebbs and flows, but she's been in DC for a really, really long time. She um, knows everything about everyone and she would be very fun. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'm going to yeah, tell her and tell her I recommend it. I will. And and that's the other thing too, is like, there's no, there's obviously there's, there's nothing, there's no shame in saying I can't do it or no thanks, but right. just as you said, people really love to be invited. And especially because this is a conversation about, about you, like, tell me about Shelly. Tell me about Janet. Tell me about who you are. People, people really in this town, especially so often are telling stories about the people that they're working for and they're promoting that they very fre- right. infrequently get asked about themselves. So because this is the nature of the work that you and I are doing for fun, um, I think people generally do like to say yes. So I'm grateful well, for and- that. You make it very easy and very enjoyable. And I'm so glad that I got to see your face, even though this is only uh, audio. One of these days I'll get into into the video. But the thing, I started this whole thing when like we were, I was so like over zoom and then it turns out zoom sound is really better it's it comes off a little bit better for the for the broadcast but still i'm kind of oh i'm kind of over the screen I, i'd like to see people in person so in friday i'm going to do my hair and put on some real big girl clothes <laughs> and i'm going to see you for lunch but in the meantime shelly thank you thank you so much for being a guest today it is absolutely my pleasure thank you for having me and your show is fantastic so best of luck with your next new year and a half or however long it's been for you but good luck with everything thank you Shelly thank you so much and that's today's Friday Reporter podcast a podcast in partnership with PR Daily a tremendous and helpful guide for all things public relations find us there on their website and join us again for another episode soon thanks so much thanks so much